But yeah, man, I'm I'm excited to get you guys on here. I've been following along with you guys and like what y'all are doing. Y'all been pumping out some content. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, uh, I actually hopped on your YouTube and uh, w- went to check it out. It didn't look like you guys had posted anything on there lately. No, dude, I've had bad luck with it. I've, I've been I've been videoing since I was like 15. I'm 27 now, and I've had two SD cards I fucked up and lost all my footage and just had another one get messed up. Yeah, pretty depressing. Uh, what kind of camera? Um, I lost my one camera last year, but I'm just running a handy cam. I ain't got nothing super special. All right. Yeah, no, we don't run anything too crazy. Just, you know, slowly working our way up the ranks. Yeah, we're all buying better cameras this year, but Kyle's I don't want to spend here. those got... five grand on a camera right now. That's Kyle right now. He's got the nicest camera I've ever seen. Yeah, Kyle, you do have a nice camera. <laughs> well, I've uh, been running a camera for a while, and I finally got a job to where I could afford my dream camera. So I bought it because my old camera couldn't keep up with my capabilities. Yeah. And I use my camera a lot, so. Yeah, we're over here with Happy Meal Toys. Yeah, no shit. I mean, (laughs) my first film I ever got was with the iPhone. I was using a crossbow, and I was like, I don't remember, 13 or 14 (laughs) or something when I lived in Virginia and just rested that camera up and then shot with one arm, and that that got me hooked after I did that. I remember when I was young, and we, uh, I, taped my mom's uh old camcorder thing to my pellet gun and we used to walk around and shoot squirrels and and i had my own youtube channel when i was like 10 it was i was the squirrel hunter 88 yep i can say kyle was looking at my youtube my youtube's old i think the first video i posted on there was 11 or 12 years ago it's been a long time that's crazy and my first video i posted was like the most simple stupidest video and it's my most popular Hey, it all starts somewhere, you know? Yeah. But, boys, let's get into it. Uh, if I say your guys' names wrong, my bad. But we got Kyle Lewis out of Indiana. Then we got Tyler Malish out of Ohio. They're part of the Full Draw Assassins. So, if you guys just want to do a little background on you guys, where you grew up hunting, like uh, how long you've been hunting, just a little background on you guys. Go ahead, Tyler. Oh, you want me to go first? Yeah, right. dude. Uh, yeah, no, my name's Tyler Malish. I grew up here in Northeast Ohio. I'm hunting some family land that we've had in our families um, for generations and generations. You know, I've been hunting pretty much all my life ever since my dad was taking me when I was like seven or eight. And I shot my first buck at eight years old. It's actually on the wall, just a little eight point. But uh, ever since that day, you know, that was when the addiction started. And it's just been progressing and more and more throughout the years. And we had a... Um, a small group that we had with a couple buddies years ago. And uh, just last year, Derek um, over at Full Draw, he messaged us and we got together and things just as, you know, the stars aligned and we just got together. And ever since then, it's just been a bunch of brothers. It's just been so natural creating content and having so much fun doing it. So Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Cause you guys seem like you clicked very, very well. So I was wondering what your guys' backgrounds together were. Extremely well. Derek came up uh, in – we had zero conversation until, I want to say, like, March. I think Derek contacted us um, through our page that we had. And he and he talked to Colton first. And then Colton came to me and was like, hey, you know, this Derek guy from Full Draw, he wants to link up and get some hunts in together. And then I think Derek kind of seen us more as a 
guys that he wanted on his crew and he talked to Kyle and, you know, got Kyle's approval and whatnot. And they, ever since then, we've just been running with it. You know, it's been so much fun. Yep. Yeah. I like you guys. You guys take good pictures. You guys take quality stuff. You're just, you're a good page, no doubt. You can tell you guys got the passion for it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So Kyle, let's get a little bit about you, brother. All right. Well, I'm from southeastern Indiana, only about an hour from you. Yeah. Um, you know, grew up hunting, uh, picked up a camera once I got a little older, started with the iPhone, you know, clicking pictures, trying to record turkey hunts, and uh, really just took off from there. Got a camera, broke a camera, got a new one, and finally got my dream camera, and uh, some people have taken notice and Derek was one of those people uh he was the one who started full draw and uh me and him would message back and forth and he told me that he'd like me to be part of it I turned him down and uh respectfully because I've had people try to use my content you know use me for it yeah and then you know we kept talking and he brought it up again and I said, you know, why not? I'll try and film my deer hunt this year. And uh, that was last year. And it's really only been just over a year. Filmed my deer hunt, 59 hours. And, I mean, we haven't looked back since. Brought Tyler and Colt on. And, uh, you know, it's it's been amazing. We've, you know, became good friends, produced some great content. Uh, this turkey season was actually the first time i met them first time i met tyler was you know about four in the morning i rolled up in his house and (laughs) hopped in his truck with him and off we went to go hunt never met him before so yeah we had a terrible time getting on birds that weekend too i don't know why it was so hard getting on turkeys i think we only actually really set up on one that whole that whole weekend yeah i've only killed a few turkeys I've killed two. I've killed one in Virginia. I've killed one here. My property that I deer hunt on, it's just the turkeys are smart as shit, and they stay on the other properties. The other properties have the ag land, so it's hard to get them to come down across the street. Uh, they, my they know there's a killer on that property you're on. That's why. Oh, yeah. Hey, those yeah, dudes on top of the hill, though, there's some turkey slayers. They kill a turkey every year. I hear them shoot every open and morning. First 15 minutes, they put one down. Yeah, I mean, you can be the best turkey caller in the world, but if your property doesn't hold turkeys well it ain't happening yep and i just checked those cameras today and actually had a couple hens walking through my cut corn just a small field i planted so hopefully they'll be in there hell yeah so guys uh so you guys said Derek started this he started about what two years ago or so uh yeah and two or three yep hell yeah you know yeah so what is your guys' goals going into this next year? We're about the end of this year. Do you guys have any big plans going into it? Well, we're getting some stuff thrown together. We're looking to do a few trade shows and, uh, you know, really get our name out there. So we're going to be producing, you know, all kinds of stuff uh, for people to buy, you know, shirts, koozies, stickers, whole nine. Uh, Content-wise, uh, you know, same plan, nose to the grindstone and do the best we can. You know, there's some more detailed stuff when it comes to turkey. That's what we're looking at right now. Uh, yeah. 
possibly, you know, putting a different name to our turkey hunting section of things since we are the full draw assassins. Uh, yeah, so been, we've been brainstorming on that. Yeah, we've been thinking about doing that too because we all like turkey hunting on my crew, and it's hard to have the name Whitetail Bloodline and posting turkey shit. Yeah, yeah, it makes it tough, but you know, when you got a killer name, it's like, well, you don't want to change the whole name, so uh, <laughs> yeah, you just come up with a little playlist for it, a little name for it. You think you're gonna get out there and hunt with them Ohio boys? Oh yeah, for sure. I'll be back over there. I I was actually thinking about heading over there on tuesday but the way it was looking you know weather wasn't right long little bit of a long drive and uh got new year's coming up and i was gonna have to be back so i'm just you know holding out still yeah i believe uh at least one or two of the guys in my crew we're gonna go try to hit ohio public land that's a big thing we're gonna try to dive into next year we did it dove into it a little bit i didn't buy a tag so i wasn't super worried about going hard hard into it but if i got a tag in my pocket it's a different story oh yeah for sure i've always wanted to go to ohio i've never hunted deer in ohio hunted other stuff so it's the land of the giants i love hunting ohio you and uh kyle haven't got the have you deer hunted ohio yet at all uh yeah, you don't remember the boys are back in town. Episode not, two. not you, Kyle. I know oh, you hunted Ohio, you idiot. I have not. The only thing I've done in Ohio, uh, we get a bunch of family. We got some young kids in my family. My dad's kind of he's crippled from being in a bad wreck years ago. So we'd go to the, some people don't like it, but we go to them uh, high fence and go hog hunting and stuff every once in a while. That's the only thing I've done up there. See, I think that'd be a ton of fun, bro. High fence or not, you know. I think you're out there for the same goal and you're having the same amount of fun. So I've oh, never it, put that I've never put that down past guys. You know, I hate when people do that. Yeah. So like I wouldn't want to go kill a giant whitetail on a high fence, but a a boar doesn't bother me one bit. No, not at all. And this place is pretty big. Like we've known them for years, so they'll actually let me go by myself free range on it and just go try to find them. And it's harder than you think. Even though they're in a fence, it's hard to find them sons of bitches sometimes. <laughs> I'd probably just just be wandering the woods, going oink. Yeah, I mean, no, you see down, some you see some funny stuff Ohio? too, because there's no regulations to... on it. You can use whatever. I remember these cops came down from Charleston, West Virginia, when we were there, and dude was using a Desert Eagle trying to kill these hogs. It sounded like a war <laughs> zone. Like I was like hiding behind trees. This dude was just blasting. Wow. Yeah. Was I... that down in Southern Ohio, farther? Um, it's MacArthur. I'm so, not yeah, for down, sure. Down south more, I would say, because we don't have we don't have any hogs up here. Yeah, all. it's 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 real hill country up there. It's some steep ass hills. Mm-hmm. But Tyler, you had actually killed a Ohio buck this year, did you not? I did. Yeah, me and Colton, we both uh we shot bucks two days apart, November third, November fifth. Hell yeah, that that's my favorite week. That first week of November, going into the second always got to be in a stand yep this uh this buck i shot this year this is actually the first buck i ever killed in the evening really it's crazy yeah as crazy as that sounds every every uh buck i put on the wall has been in the morning that is pretty interesting i i feel like i've definitely killed more in the evening killed a couple in the mornings but yeah you I gotta just, realize ohio's different man <laughs> yeah yeah and with how my property lays out with how my access is um coming in my my property screams mornings you know because 
um, where the bedding is and where the food is, it's almost so far apart from each other, you know, you know, probably five or 600 yards, I can sneak in from the back way. I got access around the whole thing. So I'm, I'm constantly catching those deer coming into the, into those bedding areas and, you know, scent checking for does and whatnot. So. Yep. That's exactly how I killed my buck this year. Got him in the morning, got a little lucky that the neighbor kid, cause the neighbor neighboring property over, I can hunt that as well, but there's another person that can hunt that. And he bumped this buck. He had him at like 10 yards and went to reach for his gun and spooked him and he ran right to me. So I got a little lucky on that, but that was a morning hunt. And that buck I killed, he would only come through one spot because one spot on the uh, property. It's a real small property. It's only a couple hundred yards wide. And he would just scoot through it real quick. So it was hard to get up on him. But got lucky that morning. I mean, you got to get lucky every time. So Yeah, I'd rather be lucky than good any day of the week. 100%. But, Todd, you want to go into that buck, man? Yeah, I mean, this is um, my bu- our buddy Colt, you know, a guy on the team. He uh, he had permission for this property, and um, he had been watching these deer pretty much all season. And so I was having um, a lot of problems in my woods. I had my property that I've hunted my whole life. It's um, almost 200 acres, 186 acres. And they logged out. The, they did a full – a full cut right down the center of it. They logged everything out and they finished in the beginning of October. So it made my deer hunting really hard, you know, because the deer in my property have figured it out over the years on the trails that they want to take and, you know, where there's bedding, all this stuff. They've had it just pinned down over the years. Well, they changed it in a heartbeat. So these deer are trying to figure out their different ways through and it, it caused a lot of bucks to leave my property in, you know, mid to late October as soon as the rut started to run around and because it pushed a lot of the does out. So, yeah. you know, I'm sitting there talking to Colt and, you know, going back and forth and he shot his buck November 3rd, um, just an old bruiser that he had been watching for all the way from the summer. And I asked him, I was like, Hey, you know, do you care if I, you know, hop in there? There's still a lot of good bucks in there. And he's like, Oh, you know, I don't care. Go for it. So me and Derek, we um, hopped in the truck and went out and we split up in this field that we knew that these bucks were going to be going to. And, you know, November 5th, we didn't, I didn't expect it, but my buck walked out probably 250 yards away all by himself. And he hmm. was just, he was just feeding in these standing beans. And I hit him with a quick grunt and I seen him pick his head up, you know, acknowledge it. And he just started feeding right towards me, but the light was getting, you know, it was getting dark quick. And, uh, every time he would stop, I'd hit him with another grunt. He just, for some reason he wanted to eat so badly. He wanted to, he wanted to feed. And I just would not let him. I kept hitting him with grunts and he just on a beeline right to me. I shot him at 25 yards and he probably only went 40 or 50 and piled up. Hell yeah. Can't beat that. Yeah. That was probably one of the, probably one of the coolest hunts. The last um, two bucks last, the buck I uh, shot last year too, I grunted him in and I hear a lot of these people say, Oh, you know, calling, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me, but God, it's, it's put some really nice deer on the ground for me. Yeah, I've had great luck calling. Ever since that black rat came out, I couldn't tell you how many deer I've rattled in with those. Yeah. I think it depends on areas. Like, my, my areas, are, it's a pretty pressured area, and calling still works pretty damn good there. Hey, Tyler. What, Kyle? Why don't you tell them about the saddle? The saddles. Listen, that thing right there has changed. No, no, tell them. You, you shot this buck out of a saddle. How many bucks have yeah. you shot out of a saddle? Oh, this would be my first buck I've ever shot out of a saddle. Let me tell you what, this is a big time learning year for me. Not just 
you know, because of the saddle, but because of everything when it comes to hunting, I've, I've never had to bounce around as much as I have this year. I've hunted tons of different properties this year. And, you know, the climber, it, it was nice. The climber wasn't a bad thing. I had that lone wolf and, you know, I ran around the woods with that, but when it came to filming and carrying all the stuff, that's that climber just got so heavy. So yeah, um, when we, when we linked up with uh, our saddle company, Latitude. you know, we, Latitude, they um, sent us our saddles. And ever since day one, you know, I've been just rocking that thing. I absolutely love it. And um, I started with the method two, and then I switched over to the classic. It was just a little bit more comfortable for me. I love them both, but um, yeah, that thing has just been so mobile for me this year. And I, I haven't even really hunted hang-ons or permanent sets really at all this year a couple times that's it you know Derek whenever Derek would come up we were bouncing around so much and that thing was so nice to just pop up in the tree and I could get above Derek a little bit and that full range of mobility is just huge yeah I was gonna actually ask you about the saddles I know you guys are into it hard I haven't messed with it at all I got good buddies that love it and they're trying to get me to switch but I don't know about it I think I'm still gonna be a hanging hunt guy with a hang on but Huntley's public land, like we're going to go next year, I might change my mind when I have to walk two miles back. I mean, it, it keeps hunting interesting. It's something new to learn. That, I mean, at least that's how I found it. Yeah. And it's actually pretty comfortable. And, you know, it just makes it a little interesting. And then obviously in Tyler's case, you know, really rewarding once you actually get a deer on the ground. And it's like a complete, completely different way of hunting. So there's just a lot to learn. So even, you know, after Tyler killed his buck, I mean, he's still got a lot to learn because, I mean, shooting them with a bow, you know, they come in on opposite shoulder like they did Derek and you can't get a shot off. You know, it's just lots of practice. Yeah. It, it really I was going to see how, cool. how you liked it. I know you self-film and that's that's been one of my biggest concerns about saddles is the self-filming in the saddle. I feel like it'd be very challenging. Uh, I would say yeah. it's all on your setup, you know. You just got to be really comfortable with your setup before, you know, we practice all summer with this thing. And I was practicing shooting my target in my yard, in my backyard with my camera gear set up and just taking all these different shots and whatnot. So I would say yeah. that's just the biggest thing, you know, because Kyle, Kyle's over here. He's got like a, a full NASA set up in the tree when it comes to his camera. <laughs> yeah. Where I've just got a microphone, a camera, you know, the fourth arrow camera arm and I've got it set up now to where, it's it's just as easy as hunting out of a hang on mm -hmm. yeah i got tyler hooked on the fourth arrow camera arm he bought one right after uh literally the day after yeah the day after you left i used his because i always ran the muddy camera arms and it was nice you know muddy makes a really nice uh camera arm but it was just too bulky for me when i yes. used kyle's he had that brand new setup guy was taking the saran wrap off of it when i got here and oh yeah i hadn't even used it yet. <laughs> hadn't even used it and we're up in the tree 20 feet in the air trying to figure out how to put this thing together <laughs> yeah, yeah he's that's... asking me questions i'm like dude i don't know figure it out yeah, yeah that's the camera arm i'm gonna get i've been rocking believe it or not the fucking big game tree stand camera arm for like eight or nine years it's missing a bolt it's all <laughs> rusty it works though Old but once i get that fourth arrow camera it's probably gonna blow my mind yeah i found the one i the one i bought i actually found it on facebook marketplace i was gonna buy one brand new and it just happened to pop up and i'm like oh shit i was like this guy lives like 15 minutes for me i was like i'll just drive up there and buy it so he had a killer deal on it hell yeah marketplace i bought a lot of hunting stuff off marketplace stupid cheap oh, 
Uh, hell, I bought a thousand dollar bike off Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> <Stupid> freaking bike. <laughs> Is, was that that bike that was in your guys' video? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I had I had this crazy idea uh, after a morning of squirrel hunting. I don't know. So I got online and was, you know, Googling and got on Facebook Marketplace. And, man, I couldn't find them under five, six thousand for a four person bike. And finally, I remembered I'd seen one, and it was really old, and it was on Facebook Marketplace. It was up in Noblesville, Indiana, and so I ended up messaging with her, and uh, I just dropped the money on it. I had this brilliant video idea, so I was like, I'm doing it. You know, It's for the team, so good excuse to drop a grand on a bicycle. Yeah, it was a pretty funny video. When, when I saw that first, you guys come rolling up in it, I started laughing. I really wish you could have seen us learn how to ride this thing. Oh, I guarantee that was a struggle. If four grown-ass men. Four dumbasses is what we really looked like. Yeah. It was to the point where it was getting frustrating, you know? Hey, the video looked good. Oh, it was funny. It out. I mean, we could possibly drive cross-country with this thing now. I mean, we're basically <laughs> professionals. Hell, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, didn't no. have faith for a while. The bike was falling apart when uh, <laughs> we were trying to ride it. You know, I could, I was riding it at home, but, you know, you put four, well, three big dudes and one, one small dude on there, and, you know, the tires start going flat, and the handlebars are starting to, like, fall downward. Yeah, but, we're over here. Uh, with, I got it fixed up with a, a can of air out of a cold garage, like, garage. <laughs> And then they're like, oh, my God, it's working. I was like, I told you guys. I was like, we're shooting this video today. I was like, I drove all the way to Ohio with it. We're filming this. Yeah, how would you fit that in your truck? Had it been sticking out the tailgate. Oh, yeah, I just uh, opened the tailgate and then strapped it down, and then it hangs just past the tailgate. Okay. Hell yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's a long bike. I mean, I'd, I'd say it's eight, nine feet long. I mean, it's long. It's long. It's big. <laughs> <laughs> hey. That's a purchase, though. Start a family. You're good to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if anyone wants to come do some photo shoots with it, you know, 100 bucks a pop, you know, I'll let them borrow it. Yeah, get that money back. My trail All cameras right, so, are blowing up right I now. Got some, I got a few questions about the Ohio. I don't know a whole lot about Ohio. I know you guys are able to bait, and I'm just curious, Tyler, how you guys, like, hunt over bait. I know you guys have been pouring bait. Just curious if you guys actually hunt over the bait. Do you hunt off of the bait on like transition zones for them heading to bed towards that bait? Just kind of curious what your thoughts are on that. Listen, in 20 some years of hunting Ohio, I have learned that the yellow gold that you put on the ground has killed big bucks. So, and that is like, I love hunting over, not over corn, I'd say, but using that as, like you said, the transition routes. That's just been a big thing my fiance she shot a buck last year um opening weekend um it was her first buck i'm actually looking at it up on the wall right now and he came in with an hour left the light opening weekend and she shot this thing at like 25 yards eating at the corn pile um, Hell yeah! i personally as much as i like hunting over corn and dumping corn i use it more for inventory you know yeah um where like i have four different uh corn piles out right now i haven't hunted over one of them and i'm using it strictly just because you know seeing what's out there and coming off of this rut you know i'm really trying to pound the deer with some food and um just keep the deer around more than anything i had 
one of the bigger bucks I've ever got to hunt. Uh, we called him Mini Nine. Derek and I had a really good couple encounters with him this year, and he just up and left. I quit dumping corn for like three weeks, and the guy just left. I'm like, you didn't have to be that big of an asshole. Yeah, no shit. So um, he's gone. I don't know what the heck happened to him, but ever since then, I have just not quit having corn on the ground. I just got to have it. And, but yeah, that transition, I don't, like I said, I have never shot a buck over corn. Um, but going into this late, late part of the year, I know Colton, he would be the guy to talk to when it comes to corn because late in the year, if that guy has a tag in his pocket, he is deadly over the yellow goodness. Yeah. I saw that buck earlier today that he killed last year. That was a fucking toad. Yeah. That thing was a stud one. I don't even know the number off the top of my head, but he was, I think 170. Damn. Yeah, that deer was a, a unit. He was thick. Had some real nice mass on him. Yeah, he shot that deer last year. We had a huge cold front come in right right on, like, I think Christmas Day. And we were waiting for a perfect wind. I mean, he was daylighting. He daylighted, like, five or six times in, like, a two-week or three-week period. And we just kept – he just kept waiting for this one wind. And he, we finally got something he could work with and went in there that night he killed that deer. Yep, that's one thing I've learned as I'm getting more experienced hunter. You gotta play the wind. You don't play the wind. Good luck at killing a big buck. Good luck. Yep, I agree. I had way too many times this year where deer, you know, I, if there was a buck coming in, there'd be a doe downwind, and she'd bust me, and that just that just ruined my whole hunt. Yeah, that's the property that I mainly hunt on. I got a couple properties, a couple I share with buddies, and I got my family property that I killed my buck on. But the does on that property are the smartest fucking deer I've ever seen. Everybody gives me shit because I'll, I'll tell my buddies, like, I've got blown at again. They're like, you're not hunting the right way and you're not doing scent control good enough. I'm like, you come hunt it and you'll see. And I finally got my buddy to come down there. And the wind's blowing completely opposite way of us. And these deer are like 300 yards away on the ridge and somehow fucking smelt us. Isn't that crazy how that works? It just must have swirled for one second. But it's harder to hunt these does than these big bucks sometimes. Oh, I completely agree. Some of them ones that have been out there forever, you know, that the doe control thing is so, is so serious, but it's, it's taking the mature does. I like taking those, you know, those big fat nannies that are always busting you out of the tree. Yep. I don't know, Kyle, you might've saw it. You see that doe I killed this year? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. She was a hefty, hefty, hefty. And I, oh, I've, yeah, I've known her. Old. She was one of the does I know that's blown at me dozens of times. And I was so glad to get her. Yeah. The old tree watcher. Yeah, she was – I should have got her weighed because it's probably the biggest doe I've ever killed. She was a stud. Is that the one you made the TikTok of, throwing it in the back of the side-by-side? Uh, No, that was my buddy's deer he killed. Him and his brother-in-law were trying to throw it in there, and that was the funniest shit because they're both big <laughs> dudes, especially the one dude. I was like, how in the hell can y'all not throw it up? They were just – one guy would pull, the other would sit there and look at him, then the other one would pull, the other one would look at him. It was pretty funny. But I actually got that. I got quite a bit of kills on film. I just got to get a new computer to edit and post the videos. I think I got four or five kills that I can oh, yeah. post on YouTube. Because when I, when I shot my buck this year, he came in so quick, and he was about 150 yards away. So I had time to get the camera on him, and then he just kept trotting. So I had to abandon the camera and let one fly as he was running through some tall brush. And luckily I hit him. But I got, like, the, the, the pre-roll. You got him running across, and you can hear me doing 12,000 noises trying to get this buck to stop. <laughs> I mean, I was hitting him with, like, woo, man, doing a bunch of shit. He would never the stop. Old, the old nature boy, Rick Yeah, Floyd. I was just trying everything. And then 
he left that field wearing this tall grass. I could see his antlers, couldn't see his body like fully because he was in grass that was like same color as his body. And I was like, that's where it should be. And pulled the trigger and dropped him. Yeah, I'm sitting here looking at your guys' page. I was looking at it all day today. You guys have, as a friends group and as a collective group, you guys have put some really big deer on the ground. Yeah, we got quite a bit this year. And we're going to dive into it harder next year. My goal is to at least kill two bucks. I'm going to go super hard at it. That's my goal. Try to put an out-of-state public land buck on the ground and then kill my good old Indiana buck. So, uh, quick question. Exactly how many uh, people are part of Whitetail Bloodline? Um, the main guys, there's about five or six main main people on there. And then I got like seven other ones that just – Give give me content basically. Okay. But like when it comes to filming and everything, next year will probably be about four of us that are like going hard. So we're going into twenty twenty two. We might make some changes. I'm not for sure. But we're just we're trying to figure it out. If you're not gonna put in the work and be a diehard and try to put some big boys on the ground on film, don't really want you a part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's the way that we run it, you know. Because everybody says they're going to, and nobody yeah. ever wants to put in the work. Yeah, you you really got to want it because, I mean, filming, I mean, it can get tiring. It's a lot more to lug in there, but, you know, it's definitely yeah. worth it once you do it. And you just got to find some other guys willing to do it because, you know, you can't put out content if you don't have any. Yeah. My one buddy, he's on the crew. His name's Dylan. I've known him for years and years. He's, like, my best friend. He's He's diehard about it. That's, like. He didn't hunt for years. I tried to get him back into hunting. He grew up hunting. Finally got him to get back into it last year. And it was like third or fourth set of the year. Shot a stud, eight-point or nine-point with his bow. Grabbed his dad's bow. Hadn't been shooting practice for like a month or two before season. And then used that old, I can't remember what it was. It was aluminum arrows. So it was an old ass. It was old PSE. I don't know what exactly it was. But hey, but see, we're going to put in the that. work. Yeah, you ain't got to have that $2,000 bow to kill a big buck. Oh, no, dude. I shoot a cheap-ass PSE. I think it's the Stinger. I've had it for like four or five years. I'm going to get a newer bow. But if you're a good shot, you're a good shot. That's it at the end of the day. Yep. You got to put it in the practice. But uh, so I just get go through some random questions. I know you guys are big into sand control. I see you guys messing with um, – I just went blank. What is that? Uh, sand, the sand crusher. Yep, sand crusher. So, uh, what do you guys do for scent control? For people listening that don't really know a whole lot about it, if you guys could give some tips. Kyle, you want to run with that or you want me to? Yeah, I'll run with it. So, you know, it's definitely a learning experience, you know, get better as you go. Yeah. But, I mean, hell, I started with a tote and uh, some scent wafers, and, you know, that got me pretty far. And, I mean, the whole reason I did that was – when I got real big into bow hunting, I was, I was getting busted and yep. I, you know, didn't, didn't run any scent control at all. And I started doing that and using some spray and, you know, it got better and, you know, I'd still get busted here and there. And so, you know, started watching the wind. Uh, and then now we're running with scent crusher and, you know, I run the scent crusher gear bag, I think it is. And that's uh, the same thing. Mm-hmm. and and how does that I, work it's got like an ozone killer in it correct yeah yeah so that that helps too but uh i'll wash all my clothes you know about 
every week to two weeks and then put them in there, kill the scent. And then I'll spray them all down with some scent crusher spray. And in the woods, I spray down with uh, the scent crusher spray. And that seems to, you know, give me the best possible chance of not getting busted. Yeah, you know? early, early October. I'm, it's probably the same for Ohio as well, but it's hard not to get busted sometimes. It's just so damn hot that humidity in the air makes the deer smell you a little easier. Oh, yeah, sweating. Yeah, it, it makes it tough, you know, trying to keep your scent down. You can control it, you know, as much as you can, but, you know, you're constantly sweating and producing scent, so it, it makes it tough. Yep, it definitely does, but scent control, that's definitely changed my game since I've been hunting. I've been doing it for a while now. I need to get one of those totes like you guys have because I've had buddies use them and they swear upon them. Oh, yeah, they're nice. When I went to Ohio, you know, I had all my clothes in the bag. I threw it in the back of the truck. When I got there, me and Tyler went out for a hunt. I just grabbed it out of the back of my truck, got my skibbies right in his front yard, and we were on our way. Hell, yeah. Tyler, anything else you want to add? Yeah, no, that's scent crusher. I mean, I, I was using it um, before we even linked up with them this year. and You know, I had the gear bag uh, two or three years ago. I've always just thrown my stuff in there. Um, it was really nice because, you know, a lot, there's a lot of guys out there that are, you know, the either a weekend warrior or could run out right after work. So um, I was the same way. You know, I'd throw that bag right in the back seat of my truck and then I'd run out there, you know, on my two o'clock break or something or uh, lunch break. And I'd hit, you know, you can change the timer on there. You can turn it on whenever you want, turn it off whenever you want. And um, I descent all my stuff while I'm sitting there at work. And then as soon as I hop in my truck get to my spot boom i get there and everything's descended ready to go yeah I, I think that's the way to go i don't know if you've ever smelled um like the clothes when they come out of these bags but they have like a really distinctive smell and it's called ozone but it's really cool because i fully believe in it 100 percent, i believe in the scent crusher and their products and just the whole scent control um you know in general i love it yep i've even heard of people like getting done working out in a sweaty shirt, throwing it in that thing, turning it on, then pulling that shirt out and it smells like nothing, basically. Yeah, I 100%. You know, and they have so many different things um, that you can use. Like Derek had the um, the ozone generator that you plug into your cigarette lighter in your truck. So a lot of guys, you know, if their truck smells, you know, they got McDonald's or something in there. It's amazing, but you don't smell it after, yeah. you know, you turn that thing on. By the time you get to your spot, there's no smell in your truck yeah that's that's a big big changer game changer i'm gonna have to buy me one of the totes because i've had one of the it's not scent uh i think it's scent lock i believe i've had this tote forever all it is it's got like the little pad on the bottom the ozone killer pad and then it's just seal proof and it it's worked for me so i couldn't even imagine adding that actual ozone like battery powered whatever it's called definitely help yeah. out yeah, that bag, I mean, and they offer so many different things. Like Derek, uh, he just got the bag uh, from Scent Crusher, but he was running that the big locker. He puts all of his stuff in there, everything from camera gear, boots. I mean, every piece of clothing that you own and you're going to hunt in, he can throw it in this big locker. And this thing is huge, you know, but you can fit everything in there. And um, I just got, when they sent out the stuff this year, I got the, um, the pop-up uh, roller bag. And mm -hmm. that thing's in my garage. That thing's sweet. I was taking it to work time to time. You know, I got buddies at work to hunt too, and they would all throw their stuff in there. And then at the end of the day, we'd get dressed at work and head out to the woods and everybody's stuff there was, um, you know, descended. But that, 
that mobility, like I said, in the whitetail world is just becoming huge where these guys, you know, that are nine to five, or, you know, hop out of, hop out of their truck and want to be ready to go. You know, Scent Crusher has done just a great job of helping guys like that. Yep. That's how I am too. Like I keep all my hunting shit in the bed of my truck. I got a topper on my truck, keep it locked. Just so if I get off early and work, even if I'm sweaty, I can wipe down with a couple wipes, grab my shit, put it on and head out there. Yeah, there you go. All right, so I know you guys are all obviously the full draw assassin, so you're big into your bows. What kind of bows are you guys shooting? Matthews. All you guys shoot Matthews? Every one of us, yep. Yep. I think, uh, Tyler, you shoot the Triax too, don't you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. If I can just manage to put two more down with it this year, I'll be able to get a new one. I got a 10-deer rule. Yeah, I think it was you, I believe. Don't you notch it on your actual bow? Yep, yep. Every time I kill a deer, I put a little notch on it. Hell yeah. See, I need to get a new bow. I've only shot these cheaper bows, and I've never had any problems with it just because I practice with it. But if I got one of these nice bows, that would probably blow my mind how much better I'd be. Yeah, mm. the way technology is now, you know, you buy a nice bow, and, I mean, it's going to last you. You take care of it. I mean, it's the technology is basically timeless now, it seems like. There's not much that much more they can add to them with these new bows. Yeah, the new bows, I honestly don't think you can go wrong with any of them. Some of them are a little better, don't get me wrong, but they don't really yeah, make I, a bad bow anymore. I remember when I was looking, I was shooting my, my dad's old Matthews LX he had from all the way from 1990, I think, seven. I shot a ton of deer with that thing, and finally one day, you know, I saved up enough money, and I think I got my first tax return ever when I turned like 18, and um, <laughs> I went up to our local pro shop and said, you know, I, I want one. I want it now. I think it was like March, so it wasn't even deer season, and I bought the thing. I shot it all spring, all summer, you know, and um, that that was my first ever new bow, my first new set of technology, and that's what just, you know, really brought it together. That's when I bought a nice camera, started really filming my hunts and doing everything, you know, in depth. Like Kyle said, you know, this, this new technology is just timeless. I shot that new, uh, when the V3 came out, I shot it, and even over my triax, it was just a huge noticeable difference. And it's only, I think, four years. Yeah. Newer. So it's just amazing what, you know, not just Matthews, but all these companies are doing. You know, you look at older Hoyts and older PSEs and stuff like that, and just all these new bows are so good. Yeah, just like the letback and everything on them, it's just incredible. Once you get it back, you can hold them new bows for a long time. Yeah, they did a – my buddy's got one of those draw weight – testers uh when you know when you pull back it tells you how much you're holding and i think it was only like like six pounds you're holding at full draw and that's wow. just crazy that is crazy how much you guys pulling back kyle what's yours at like 45 uh-huh <laughs> yeah no i'm i'm at like it's a weird number it's like 57 right at, like right at 57 that's about what I'm at. I'm shooting in between 55 and 60, just because this bow is a cheaper yeah, bow. Tyler's like thinks he's Cameron Haynes over here. He, he, Dude, go I, ahead and I, tell him, Tyler. I, I, we know you want to show off. I had it maxed out the day I bought it, and it's pulling 76. Yeah, it's fucking zooming. He's yeah, probably it's... only got the 60 pound arms on it too, <laughs> not even realizing it. Yeah, because yeah. it comes with the 60 pound arms. Yeah, I got a buddy. He pulls back something like that. And I, I mean, I could pull it back, but I have to put everything I have in to pull that back. Because I'm not a big guy, but I'm not huge. I'm 5'10", 160. 
But personally, I just don't like – I like being able to pull my bow back with ease. I'm shooting a whitetail. I don't usually shoot past 40 anyway. That buck yeah, I I'm shot, right there I with sh- you. I shot a 13 two years ago, and he was at, like, I think 11 yards. And that was the only deer I've ever shot sitting down in my life. And I drew back, and I couldn't do it. I could not pull my bow back to save my life. I didn't yeah. know what the heck was going on. But he came in from my, you know, from my strong side from behind me. And first thing in the morning, like just barely broke daylight. I seen him coming through. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. And I drew that thing back and I I couldn't do it. I literally could not pull my bow back. And I was like, what in the world is going on? So I had to like, I stopped him. I let down, even though I was only at full or half draw. And I said, you just got to, you got a man up right here. And I, (laughs) I ripped that thing back and put it through both lungs and he only went, you know, 60 yards, but I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, holy shit, like what is going on? Oh, and they call me half draw. Yeah. The half draw assassin. Kyle Lewis. <laughs> Why do they call you that Kyle? Well, I'm five, seven <laughs> and 115 pounds. But <laughs> don't let that fool you. Hey, <laughs> there's not much to fool. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh... Kyle's a fun dude to hunt with. I tell you what, he's just, he looks like that guy that would just be a squirrel running around in the woods. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you guys, you guys definitely for I, I, I figured you guys hadn't known each other that long, but just how you guys get along, the way you're posting and bullshitting in your videos, especially Tyler and uh, Derek, you guys crack me up every once in a while. Oh, dude, listen, we have like so your ratchet much strap fun. thing when you were doing the ratchet strap. I was watching that the other day. That was pretty good. It's like it's like nonstop. I don't even know how we see deer because at some points we're laughing so hard that anything in a mile radius is just gone. Yeah. So we have so much fun, and that is one thing that you know Derek and I really clicked on is we the amount of fun we have in the woods, and that's what it's all about, you know. Hundred percent. So it's all about making memories and that whatnot. And I've made more this year hunting with you know everybody. With, um, you know, I've hunted with Colt my whole life. But even going into this year, you know, the work we've been putting in and the pictures we've been taking and whatnot has just been remarkable. And we've had so much fun doing it. It's it's like second nature at this point. It's not even a job, you know. Yep. We all have good buddies. Like we all have our best friends that aren't hunters. They don't really understand hunting. But then you got your good friends that are your hunting buddies. And it's just a different friendship. It's almost a closer friendship because you can, I don't know, at least for me. My buddies that are I'm like real good hunting buddies with, it's just we always got really, really good friendships. Oh yeah, it's yeah. just always a good time. And it's good to have a good hunting buddy just in case you kill that buck sitting back there and you need somebody to help you drag it out. Oh yeah. Yeah. I get that. But yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what full draw assassins is. Uh we're just trying to show everybody, you know, your average average Joes are out here doing it with a camera that's that's it you know every everything that you're doing in the woods we're just trying to do it with a camera and put it in front of you and we just want to show people that hey you you can do it too yeah that's exactly anyone else just a group of uh four guys good buddies and you know we're running cameras while we do everything Yep, that's exactly where I'm at, too. I'm not trying to do nothing extravagant. I'm just trying to be a normal hunter. I'm going to go harder than a normal hunter, don't get me wrong, but it's possible if you put in the work for anybody. Oh, yeah. You just got to, you know, commit to it and roll with it. Yeah. You know, the one the one thing I hate seeing, you know, in the hunting industry nowadays, too, is these guys who are trying to, 
not be themselves. They're trying to be so, you know, um, Instagram worthy and, and, you know, and YouTube and they want the big sponsorships and all that stuff where none of that shit matters. You know, it's just all about having a good time. And like Kyle said, it's just, that's what we do. We're trying we're, I haven't changed a single thing since I've joined full draw, not one. I still have the same amount of fun, if not more out in the woods, but we yep. just do it on, we just do it with the camera behind us. And that's 100%. all it is. Yep. I'd agree. hundred percent. Yep. A it's- lot of people talk about it, but I mean, at the end of the day, it, it takes courage to live your dreams. So, you know, you just got to do it. You don't have to have the most expensive equipment. None of us started with the most expensive equipment. I mean, same for you. You mm-hmm. just got to commit to it, learn and work your way up the ladder. Yep. Like I say, you don't have to have a super nice camera. If you know what you're doing with that camera, you can do crazy things with it. Because I've been I said that. Yes, a hundred percent. Because I've been record my my dream job until I was probably fifteen or sixteen. I want to be an, an animal photographer. Besides being a professional hunter, I've always wanted that. Don't get me wrong. So I mean, I've had a camera in my arms for so long. I used to carry a VHS shoulder camcorder when I was like six years old. I remember dropping that down a mountain one time, and yeah, that was that was bad. But I don't know if you've ever seen those cameras. They're super old, but they're huge. It's crazy huge. how far cameras have came. Oh yeah, technology is crazy. The difference between uh, the two cameras I've had is just—I mean, you—it's night and day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I can crank my new camera up you know, to 20,000 ISO and you're not really going to notice much grain. I mean, ask Tyler about my camera in the woods. He was over there freaking out. He's like, oh my God, I know. it it's looks re- like daytime. It's, it's, it's pitch black. We're over here. You'd have to, there's guys out spotlighting deer in the field next to us and I have daylight on Kyle's camera. <laughs> really? Oh, it's on, it's insane. Insane what this thing can do. And I'm, I was like, he's like, are you ready to get down? I can't see my pins. I'm like, dude, we have like pure daylight on your camera. That is it's weird. Fine. I never never noticed that. I know iPhones got that little picture thing on there now. I don't know if you ever use that. If I'm like driving down the road and I see a buck, you stick that out the camera. You can't see it. You take that picture and it pops up. I don't get how the fuck that works either. Yeah, it's just the the ISO and you know size of the sensor helps. I mean, I could get deep into it, but yeah, it was all about the camera. I mean, there's a lot. Like I said, I took some classes on that. Me, I don't know like the fundamentals like you do, but I'm just a badass with a camera i've been doing it so long like i'm just good with a camera if i knew what you knew it'd probably make me much better but yeah i mean uh i mean i'm all self-taught i wouldn't say i'm anywhere near the best out there but i it's just a hobby of mine and i i enjoy it uh, you know you learn as you go try different things different types of pictures and you just slowly obtain all that knowledge yeah and you know, just have fun with it. I mean, I think I taught myself how to run a camera better by deciding to uh, go out in the mornings before turkey season and chase turkeys around. Yep, that's what I used to do. When I was a kid, I used to go in the backyard and just go film anything I could. Kyle's definitely the one to talk to about the whole the whole camera thing, though, because, I mean, he's over here talking about ISO and all this crazy stuff and settings on his camera. I'm like, dude, I just put this baby in auto and wham, I'm ripping pictures. <laughs> yeah. That's how I am. <laughs> so oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I had Tyler definitely... running, 
running in manual while I was up there. He 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 did pretty good, you know. It it wasn't that bad. Camera was pretty user friendly to him. Yeah, for starting off though, right when you start off self filming, especially self filming, but filming in general, you're not going to be good at it at first. No, not at all. You might be decent enough to get the deer in there, but to get that like actual good footage, like you see in these TV shows and stuff, it takes time. It just for me, it's just get a camera in your hand and try it. That's the easiest way to learn. Oh yeah, you know you just gotta, you know, if you don't commit to shooting in manual then, you know, you never really learn how the camera is actually working between the shutter speed, ISO, and the aperture. And so yeah, if you, if you run a manual, I mean, it, it helps you, you know, it forces you to learn how to, you know, if it's dark, what you need to do, or if it's too bright, it kind of lets you know how those three things work together to uh, create a picture and let light in. Yeah, there's so many, especially with that type of camera you have. There's so many little things you can do, like the shutter speed. I don't know if you ever seen where then people take pictures of car and they, I don't know if they open it or shut the shutter speed, but it takes like a longer picture, I guess, and it's got the stringy where it looks like one car kind of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you'd probably shoot that at like uh, uh, 160th of a second or a, pro- or a little slower, and you kind of pan with it. You you keep centered on the ca- on the car. And then you kind of pan with its movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kyle, see, how'd you take that picture with your with your arrow lit up that day? Was that kind of the same deal? Uh, that would be a tripod picture, uh, two seconds long. Uh, aperture, you know, about as wide as I could get it. And then ISO, probably around 1,000. Yeah, because that was a and big picture. So for us. that, that two-second picture, yeah, that was the camera sweet. lets light burn into the sensor. So when you shoot and there's a light moving across the screen, all that light gets burnt into the sensor, and that's why you can see the line. Yep, that's the little things that put the big boys with the little boys. And Kyle, you know your shit, obviously. <laughs> well, thanks. But uh, just got some random spitball topics just to see what you guys think. I know. Tyler, you brought it up earlier. How often are you guys running truck cameras? What kind of truck cameras are you guys running nowadays with all these new cell cameras coming out? I think uh, Kyle can agree with me on this one. Um, I've ran about every different kind of camera that you can run in the woods. But the, for cell cameras, I've, I've really ventured towards these tactic camera reveals. I mean, for the price point of, you know, 100 120 bucks, you can't beat those. Yeah, I got and, a buddy on my crew. He has one and he loves it. Yeah, I mean, my camera, as we're sitting here, my cameras are just blowing up at the moment, and they're just sending me all these pictures, and, you know, they're crystal clear for $120, and, you know, I've had those buddies who are running those Reconics, those five $600 cameras, I'm like, these pictures look exactly the same. Yeah. Exactly See, the same. I'm too cheap. I'll never buy a $500 trail camera. No Not way. No chance. Nope. I won't either. I'd like to try the Wild Game Innovations new one, because I tried their first one they came out with, and it sucked. I did not like it. It took great pictures. Like when it took pictures, most beautiful pictures I've ever seen. It was like 32 megapixels or something. That's crazy. But the uh, the service on it was just terrible. If you didn't have like five bars, you weren't getting pictures all the time. Yeah. I mean, if you ask me, it's not really about the megapixels because a lot of these boxes, they'll say, you know, however many megapixels. But uh, I'm not exactly sure how it works, but they're allowed to lie about it. It's not going to be. 32 megapixels it may be like 16 whatever hmm. 
Well, it seems like in, in every one of these, I know quite a bit about cell or these cell cameras, um, but no matter what, a cell camera is going to send you eight megapixel, no matter what, unless you pay for like the HD photo on, you know, I know spy point runs these HD photos. Tacticam does as well. I know Tacticam for 50 pictures. I think it's like five bucks or something like that. Um, that's when it'll send you, you know, your, your 24 to 28, 32 megapixel picture to your phone. But other than that, every camera, unless you pay, unless you're buying like a $600 Reconyx or something, it's going to send you an eight megapixel picture to your phone. So yeah. that's why, that's why I've really ran with these tactic cams because they're so, they're sending me eight megapixel, but they're perfectly clear. They, they mm-hmm. look great. And I've, I have a spy point right now too. And it works. I've had it for probably, you know, six years now. It was one of the first like real cell cameras that spy point came out with. And ever since the day I bought it, that thing has been a piece of shit. Yeah. And I've I had just, a bunch of people say they work real well for the first couple months. And then like mm-hmm. you said, just go to shit. Yeah. They just go to shit. And it, it's just it's so sick and tired of it. I got, I almost shot this stupid thing out on the stake one day this summer. I was getting so frustrated with it. I wouldn't find any signal. And, you know, I've got my Tacticam right next to it with five bars in this spy point. I won't find it. I'm just like, I'm about done with this piece of junk. Yeah. I'm going to end up buying some more this year just because the one property we have, it would just been money for it. It's definitely a game changer, not having to walk back there and booger up all these deer. And I think that's a reason why you're seeing – I mean, if you look at it now to a couple of years ago, you're seeing so many of these big bucks killed. And mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, with these cell cameras. I know, what is that, Arizona just um, outlawed cameras in general. You can't even use them. Yep. And to me, I don't know if I agree with that or not. I, I don't live in Arizona, but it's something about those water holes out there. It'll tell you exactly. And they can rifle hunt. So you get a picture on your phone, boom, you're out your door going to shoot this mule deer from, you know, 500 yards away with your rifle. So in that aspect, I can understand it. But around here you know, where you got thousands and thousands of acres of, of big timber and you don't want to walk all the way back there and check cameras. It's just been a game changer for the people around here. And, you know, I, you know, Kyle, you're in Indiana, you're sending us pictures all the time. It's it's big for you guys out there too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody runs them. I mean, I love my cameras. Don't get me wrong, but it definitely does make a lot of people less of an outdoorsman. Like these dudes going out there and killing these big bucks just because they're showing up. Which is also good, though, because these people rely on these cellular cams so much. If nothing's coming in, they're not going to go hunt it. So they might not be putting pressure on it, which in the long run help you out as well. Yeah, I'm I'm more for them, but I still have a little bit about me where I'm like, "Ah, I don't know about it. Yeah, I mean, this is my first year running cell cams, and I mean, I I love it. The Tacticam's pretty good for me. I, I bought. I bought two of them. Then I couldn't find any more after that, after I realized I liked them. They came back on the market. I bought two more, and uh, I think I was running, like, six six cell cams this year. And it just – it was nice for, like, my core properties, just, you know, keeping out of them until I was ready to, you know, be in there and hunt rather than, you know, going in and checking cameras and hunting the property. Yep. I agree with that. So, Kyle, uh, over there in Indiana, what's your property like? So, um, hunting a seven acre piece, uh, pretty skinny piece kind of runs back a little ways and, 
it's just got this big white oak flat all the way down to the this little creek not doesn't hold much water and then you go up up the hill on this backside it's like a bowl and this big ridge runs across the backside of it and uh to one side is a bunch of cedars and just a big thicket and a lot of the deer bed over on that side of it and so it usually you know produces because you have all these does and whatnot coming in to feed and if i'm lucky you know a buck will come through feeding but most times uh, these does are in there feeding and uh and the bucks know that and they come Can pushing be. their way through there yep. and that's usually how i get on them and I, I move around quite a bit i used to have a food plot out there uh, just real small food plot what were you growing uh i started with white clover and then you know i got you know a little more elaborate as i went i tried i tried doing turnips that didn't really work out but you know chicory clover about all i know i don't i wouldn't say i have much of a green thumb in that aspect honestly clover you can never go wrong with clover no you know it, it brings them in and it, it holds them and i mean i've i've shot i have i haven't found them you know it, it was a learning experience with the bow but uh I've I've shot a couple good bucks off that food plot. How big of uh, a food plot is it? I wouldn't even say like a quarter acre. Yeah. I'd, hey, I'd say maybe one, uh, maybe an eighth, eighth of an acre. I, real small. I mean, nice I'm kill around, plot around houses and all that. It's basically a part of a yard that doesn't get used. Yeah, that can say where I hunt on my property, it's legit surrounded by houses on all sides, just about. Oh yeah, and I mean another property that I picked up a couple of years ago. I mean it's it's within city limits. It's but you know this year missed an opportunity hit a buck because of a car backing out of its dang driveway. But that's the way it goes. Really? Yeah. But you know, mine's shooting. My neighbors shooting because on two sides of my property, I got neighbors that shoot like down towards where I fucking hunt. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can't be having that. Like the one I was sitting in the stand earlier this year, and that I could hear him shooting. I was like, he might be shooting my way. They, they all, most of them had like a, a backdrop where they hit, and he's shooting, not hearing nothing. Then one got through all these trees. He's hundreds of yards away from me, and I heard that fucking bullet zip like ten feet above my head. I was like, fuck this. Yeah, them high-powered rifles, they they can be dangerous in the wrong hands. You know, the, people not thinking. Yeah, there are a bunch of rednecks out there that don't – you can tell when they're shooting at a target, and then you can tell when they're just shooting shoot. Oh, yeah. Uh, you want me to hop into that story of uh, 59 Hours Buck? Yeah, let's hear that story. All right. So, last year, uh, you know, first year trying to film my buck, Derek was really wanting me to hop on with the full draw assassins and – so I went out, bought like a $30 camera arm. It was all I could find. I couldn't find them anywhere. It was like out of stock. And so I just picked one up. It's like an HME, picked it up from a tractor supply. And uh, that's what I ran with. And last year, the White Oaks, they were just everywhere. And I have the biggest White Oak patch in the woods, so I knew it was going to be be fire over there and so i stayed out of there and i hunted a different property basically all season and uh when i felt it was time it was the first week of november and that's my favorite time to hunt and usually that 
about all that property is really good for is the rut. So, you know, first two weeks of November, always produce. And so I went in and it was my third set on that property that year. And uh, it was after work one day, got ready real quick. And I was up in the tree in less than like 45 minutes. And after that, the deer just started rolling in. I uh, had a couple does feeding to my right, and they kind of meandered off. And then I looked down in the bottoms uh, between the big ridge and the white oak flat, and there was some honey. There's a bunch of honeysuckle down there, and there was a buck hiding behind all of it, feeding on it. Pulled out my binos and looked like a pretty decent buck, but I, I couldn't really tell. And I seen I was like, oh, he's got a split brow. And I was like, he, he looks kind of heavy. Couldn't really tell. And I, I watched this deer for, you know, probably 45 minutes. And by that time, he had worked from the honeysuckle at the base of the hill to about, you know, he's about 20 yards at this point. I'm still looking at him. And finally, when his right main beam glared at me, I was like, I would be stupid not to shoot this buck. He is huge. And this is still early November, so it's bow season, right? Uh, yeah, November third. <clears throat> okay. And so this buck's at twenty yards. I haven't started my camera, haven't picked up my bow. I'm just staring hard at this dude, and he's walking up the hill. So I go to reach out when he's looking down, because uh, I'm sitting in this like tri tree. So I'm sitting in one tree, my camera arms on the other, and then my bow's on the other. So I'm all, all kinds of spread out and I stick my arm out there and he looks right up at my tree and I'm just frozen with my arm in midair all the way extended out, trying not to move. I hate that. Oh, and finally I kind of just got it rested up against the tree. So I had a little bit of balance and wasn't moving and he looked down and I hit, I hit record on it. I reach over grab my bow off the other tree. As soon as I pick it up, my arrow falls all the way down to the fletchings and is hanging there bouncing, clanking around, and my stomach just dropped. I looked over, and he wasn't looking, and I jammed that arrow right back in there, lifted it over both those trees, and uh, he's behind a big oak at this point, and then there's about a, I'd say about a foot gap maybe, between this oak tree and this, uh, you know, about a six-inch sapling type deal. And uh, it's, I pulled back, and I set it right between those. And as soon as he stepped out from behind that oak tree, I, I was ready. And, I mean, you can see it in the video. I just I let it fly right as soon as he stepped out. And, I mean, I throttled him. And I, I got a little on. nervous. Uh, as soon as I shot him, you know, I thought I made a perfect shot. You know, the arrow fell out, and I was like, oh, no. You know, I've had bad experiences yeah. with arrows falling out of the deer, you know, not going all the way through. But, I mean, I was like, I, I throttled him. And he ran probably 40, maybe 40 yards. And he was in some thick brush, and I was watching him through my binos and heard him stumbling around. He was just standing there, and it looked like he – he had collapsed but i couldn't tell for sure and i mean at that point i was just celebrating because I, I i knew i had to have made a perfect shot on him mm -hmm. and so i just called my buddies waited till dark and 
climbed out of the tree stand and uh, went on the hunt for him and about 15 yards into following the blood trail find my arrow and uh, it's broke off basically at the end of my arrow he broke off about four inches of the arrow that's and, good penetration then oh yeah so I, I, I was pretty pumped you know really good blood and uh, about 20 yards later uh, I look up and I mean there he is laying right where I thought he was you know I could see him from my tree stand and I mean he he was he was a giant biggest buck I've killed big 12 you know two split brows and uh, split G2 on him just real heavy held his mass all the way through and uh, it was it was the first buck I ever filmed and I made a perfect shot on him I, I use fixed blades Mon- the Montex and uh, that's uh, made by G5 and when I was gutting him and I pulled his heart out there's a perfect little broadhead hole right in the center of his heart so yeah, I was that's where it's at right that, there. All the hard work came together, and it was just, I mean, an unbelievable hunt. I could have never dreamed it would have happened that perfectly. And it just makes it makes you more fired up knowing you got it on film. You'll have the memories to be able to share with everyone. It makes it a little more special. Oh, yeah. I mean, I go back and watch that video all the time. I mean, I, I get choked up. Derek threw it together, and, that I mean, that was, you know, the first – really the first part of us coming together is, you know, my video and me and him worked together. He was in Pennsylvania and I was here in Indiana. And I mean, we were just working really well together and dropped that video and things kind of started exploding from there. I think on YouTube, uh, that video's at like 2.6 thousand, but I mean, it blew up right off the bat. Hell yeah. And it, I mean, for us, it's really hard to get, you know, the views on YouTube, it seems like, just the way their algorithms are, you know, kind of hard for a lot of the smaller hunting channels to get out there. But, I mean, this video just took off and just a lot of emotion in it. And it it really was. It was just an awesome hunt. And if you haven't watched the video, I mean, it's our first buck kill on camera. And it, it's a dang good one, too. Yeah, I watched it. It was it was very good. I was impressed. Self filming. People just don't understand how hard self filming is until you go and do it. Then you're like, fuck. And when you finally do it and get a big buck on camera, it's just like, you know, you get shaky at the knees. Like mm-hmm. it just adds even more excitement to something you've been doing all your life. Yep, I hundred percent agree. So uh what do you end up scoring? Did you get him scored? Uh honestly, I, I don't think I've had any deer scored. Uh I'd put him like right around 140. Uh, that's, that's I think. Oh, he's bi- he's bigger than that, Kyle. He's probably in the mid to upper 40s. Yeah, I mean he he is. He's he's a toad. He's he's a big deer. Uh, he's heavy. You know, I try not to overscore him, but I, I'm pretty good at you know looking at a deer and scoring him with my eyes for the most part. And for me, I guess I I've never had any deer scored. It's just not something that I I care care about yeah. don't, hey. i really just don't care about the number and say we i've never had any of my bucks officially scored me and my dad will grab the sheet and do it ourselves that's the only thing i've ever done like that buck i shot this year i didn't even get him scored 
Yeah, I mean, you know, if it if he got you excited enough to pick your bow up and draw back on him, I mean, I think that's all that matters. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, be happy with what you got. You you took a life and you know harvested a deer, and so you should be proud of proud of that. Yep, I agree a hundred percent. It doesn't matter. You shoot a spike, you shoot a fifteen pointer. Mm-hmm. If it makes you happy, that's what hunting's about. Nowadays, with all the social media. A lot of people don't believe that anymore. People don't know if you guys follow them pages on Facebook because they're the easiest to tell. Everybody has stuff to say on Facebook. Yeah, it just seems like, you know, a lot of people are shooting deer with no excitement, just almost to just do it. Yeah. And this year, my little brother, uh, he went out hunting by himself on a property I picked up for him. And he killed his first buck out there with me last year. Just a little, basically one one side, you know, three point. And this year he killed an eight pointer off it with my grandpa's muzzleloader. And yeah, that's cool. Uh, he called me, and he he's just like, I shot a giant bub. He is an absolute giant. <laughs> and he's like, he's huge. He's like, he is just the biggest buck I've I've ever shot. And I end up getting there with my camera and start rolling. And this this deer, I'd say, probably would go, I don't know, maybe 80 inches, mm-hmm. something like that. And I I couldn't help but just laugh because I was like, that that was me. That was me right there. Shot a giant, you know, just because to, to him, that was the biggest deer in the world. And your brother's young, you know what I mean? He ain't no, he's not old as we are. When we were all young, when I was growing up, it was brand that was down for the most part. Oh yeah, yeah, no, definitely. He's he just turned thirteen back in August. And I mean he he's a little guy too and I mean he was hunting with that muzzleloader. He shot this deer and he said it ran about twenty five, thirty yards and then it was just standing there for like twenty minutes and he, he was over there reloading the muzzleloader by himself and <laughs> I mean he's not a big kid at all. Yeah, and he's reloading this big heavy muzzleloader, and you know gets another shot off. I don't, I don't think he ended up hitting him with the second shot, but uh, you know he tried to load it by himself, and I, I could just imagine. I wish I could have been there for it. Uh, That's some of my favorite man being there because I'm 27. My sister's almost 40, so I have uh, seven nieces and nephews. So that's some of my favorite thing to do now is take them out. I took her oldest son out five years ago. got him his first doe on film. That was a badass video. And then I took him out this year on youth day. And it was the first five or ten minutes, maybe 15 minutes, of the opening day of season, youth day. This little uh, spike with a, some brow tines, three or four point walks out. And he's all fired up. He's like, oh, I want to shoot him. I was like, you realize this is the first day, the first 15 <laughs> minutes that we're here. I was like, you you might get a crack at a bigger one. He goes, oh, I want that one. I was like, let it blast in, brother. And oh, he yeah. shot that buck and probably the most fired up I've ever been. I've killed some good bucks, killed quite a few deer, but him being there with him, filming him kill that deer, we were fired up saying, let's go, high-fiving, hugging and shit. It's just, it's, it's different. Oh, yeah. Isn't it's that just great? A, it's a bond. It helps create that bond and make it even stronger. It, it's just I don't know. It's an amazing thing being able to take someone hunting. Yeah, because you got to have a mentor. If we none of us had a mentor growing up, we might not have ever became hunters. You know, luckily I grew up in a family that everybody hunts. So, 
you know, definitely I think, I think that's where, you know, it's really picked up for me too, is, um, I love taking people out with me, you know, uh, my fiance, Brianna, she shot, um, her first buck and it's actually on the wall here today. And that was, that was her first year. And the, the, just the feeling that I got when we were out there, was just so rewarding. And then the same year, my dad shot the biggest buck that we had taken out of our property. And I, I remember that we were sitting in a double wide, only about 10 feet off the ground. You know, I'm, I'm 23 years old at this point. And I had like, I almost had tears coming down my face because it was just so rewarding. You know, the buck that I had been after for all these years and, he finally walked out. He daylighted that morning um, on a corn pile the day before Christmas. And um, I told him, I called him. I was like, listen, if you're not going out, I was like, I was like, I'm taking somebody else. And he was like, oh, no, no, no. You know, I'll be out. He goes, let's go. And I was like, can I sit with you? And he was like, oh, absolutely. First time we had sat together in, you know, years because he, he would always take me out hunting when I was, when I was younger. And then when yeah. I started to be able to hunt by myself and, you know, we farm quite a bit, you know, we farm five, 600 acres. So, in the fall, he's pretty, he's pretty busy. And I tell him, Hey, I can't, you know, I can't farm today. I can't do this or that. I'm going hunting. And he's seen the success over the years. So he kind of understands why. Well, now he's starting to get back into it. He's looking for, you know, new bows and he's, we just bought, he just bought himself a new, uh, big box blind and all this stuff. So ever since he shot that big buck, he's been so, he's been so into it and wanting to get back into bow hunting, but just that rewarding feeling of taking somebody out, you know, even your dad, you know, people who, the people who taught you hunting when you were, when you were younger that, you know, might've fell off of it, how quickly they can get back into it and fall in love with the sport of, you know, oh, yeah. chasing, chasing these deer again. It's just, it's just so humbling. If it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't fall in love with it as much as I did. Cause I mean, I've loved white tail hunting since I was like six. I remember I was about five or six years old. My dad, carried me in a climber and I wrapped my arms around his neck and he climbed up that fucking tree with me <laughs> in the climber with him. Oh, wow. Isn't that so, great though? Yeah. I, there's nothing better. And me and my dad, we don't hunt together anymore since we got these nephews. It's like if we're hunting, we're usually hunting with one of them. We don't ever get time together. We are going to try this year, but next year I'm going to make that a mission, get me and him out there. I'm going to try to film my dad killing one. Cause we haven't done that since I was a younger, young kid. I'm kind of yeah. in the same boat. Anytime I ask my dad to go, he says, take your little brother. Yeah. I would love it's to do it, great. though. My dad hasn't shot a good buck the whole whole time we've lived here. He's he's killed some does and stuff, but I'd love to get my dad a buck on our property. Because where I hunt, like if I'm sitting in the box blind that's basically at the end of, end of the property, I can see the house they live in. Because it, it gradually slopes down all the way down the creek, three different fields. So it's pretty cool. Like when I shot, every time I've shot a deer on that property, my dad's like, what'd you shoot? Because he knows I don't shoot no small deer or nothing. He's like, what'd you shoot? And I shot this one this year and told him, I was like, I don't know. It's like, I think I might've missed him. And he, I shoot a lot of like rifles. I, we shoot a lot of guns in our family. He's like, I don't think you missed it. Go walk over there. And I walk over there, didn't see no blood. And then saw a little kicking or heard a little brush moving and look over and that buck was laying there. And dad was pulling down the field right at the same time. <laughs> That's great. Those are just memories, you know, you take with you forever. hundred percent. You don't realize, you know, it, it's, it's crazy to say, but how fast it goes to, you know, there'd be a day that your dad won't be hunting with us. So you gotta, yeah. you gotta really take it in while you can. One random story that's pretty funny. I remember we're hunting in Virginia one time and we're doing some, some uh, deer drives with, so we like basically line up. I'm sure you guys have 
done deer drives or at least know what they are. Oh, yeah. But we're sitting there for a few hours not seeing nothing, so I'm tired. I'm like, I'm going to go walk over to my dad. I walk over to him. I'm sitting there for about 10 or 15 minutes. He's sitting against the tree. He's got his gun laying against the tree, and I just happen to have my gun in my arms as I'm standing, and this doe comes running right at us, and I shoot this doe at like 10 yards right where he was sitting the whole time, and I just happen to walk over there. <laughs> he, he was, he's, he's a lot nicer than me. He, he wasn't mad about it. Me, I'd have been like, you motherfucker. <laughs> It's just nothing better than hunting with good friends and, and good family. Like this year, I filmed my buddies more than I hunted, but luckily still was able to get it done. I was just trying to produce some film. Yeah, that's one thing, uh, you know, with, with joining Full Draw, you know, we we did a lot of self-filming this year, don't get me wrong, but there was a lot of times too, you know, even even in the early part of the year. I think we lost him. Oh, man, that service over there in Ohio's junk. Not like us, Indiana. I got four bars where I'm at. Well, I guess that's a good time to get it wrapped up then. Yeah. You know, we'll let him tell the story another time. Yeah, Tyler well, Malish's debut on a podcast. I yeah, think we need to get him in well. person. I feel, it, it, it's kind of hard to do these when you're sitting over the phone. When you're in person, it's easier to bullshit, run off people's energy. Can you guys hear oh, me? yeah. Yeah, no, here soon, you know, I'll make the drive down there. I'm, I make it every every day, basically. Yeah, so, we're not far at all. Yeah, we'll one day after on. work, I could hop on over there. I mean, you know, 10-minute drive, guys, 15 minutes. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Oh, he's back. No, there's some guy called me, and I lost it. <laughs> this is but, great. yeah, boys, we're going on about an hour and a half. Any uh, little last thoughts you guys you have anything you guys want to plug i know you guys got some sponsors if you guys want to shout them out do whatever you guys want to uh yeah we'll do that uh so latitude saddles you know tyler wouldn't have killed his buck without it no way uh scent crusher keeping us you know non-smelly in the woods Uh, kyle's a pretty smelly kid yeah i I am i am lots (laughs) of uh lots of scent crusher on my side of things and then uh, Gator Outdoors, you know, helping camo us up as best he could. And, uh, yeah, I think that's – am I missing anything, Tyler? Uh, I guess he's out. Oh, he's out again. He said, I'm out. The guy probably called him back. Yeah. But, yeah, no, those are our uh, big sponsors that have helped us out this year. And, you know, we're pretty fortunate to have them and that they believe in us and what we're doing with our content. Yep, that's what it's all about, man. You just keep doing the right stuff and everything will fall into place. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, real quick, you know, if you haven't heard about us and want to check us out, uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and uh, now streaming on Carbon TV. And that is free. All you have to do is put in your name and email and create a password and you can watch whatever you want you guys are one of the biggest content producers for them if i'm not mistaken last time i looked up on it say what i said last time i looked at it you guys were one of their bigger content producers so you're doing Uh, yeah yeah we actually got nominated for i think it was i want to say october uh, top producers so that was pretty big since we just started this year and so we're looking forward to you know sticking with it i mean it's just 
it blows YouTube out of the water, if you ask me. Just the viewership that we have from it. Yeah, and, YouTube's hard, man. YouTube's a lot about your title. If you don't got a, a title that uh, people like, you won't get very many views. That and your out the algorithms, you know, they're hold, holding you down. They don't like to see, you know, anything getting shot. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, again, if you want to find us, it's Full Draw Assassins. All you got to type in. Yeah, and you guys, I believe you said you're going to be dropping some merch here soon, so people will be able to get that from you guys. Uh, yep, yep, we'll be doing some trade shows. I think we're going to run the merch there and then uh, see how that goes, and then we're going to bring it to all of our online followers and, uh, you know. You guys hitting the indie one? You hitting the indie trade show? Uh, yep, we're going to be at the indie trade show, I think, February 24th through the 27th. I think you'll see us there. I believe a few of us are at least going to make it down there. Yeah, you'll have to stop on by. You know, Ohio boys are coming over to our to my stomping ground and going to get to enjoy that. So, it'll so be you guys fun. are getting a booth? Yep, we're going to have a booth up there and a little 10 by 10, but, man, those things are expensive. Yep. Do you uh, know what number your booth is? Anybody wants to meet uh, up with you guys? It's it's two something off the top of my mind. I've man, I've done so much paperwork for that. It is not easy to just get a booth. Yeah, I, uh, we've I, thought about doing it. We're probably going to do it next year. This year, we're just now nah, we're not messing with it. I think oh, we're going to yeah. be. I mean, it's, booth it's, it's hard work before even getting it. And uh, we're going to be. What's that? No, you're good. You said it was two forty eight. Two thirty eight, I wanna say off the top of my head. We're gonna be right behind the um the big time, uh like the where the stage is. We're gonna be right on the back side of it. Okay, hell yeah. And Kyle, just for you, you're in this area. We're thinking about doing it next year, getting a booth over there at Lanesville Heritage and uh Harvest Homecoming. Just okay. thought it ain't like a hunting thing, but it'll definitely might be able to get you guys out there. Oh yeah. I mean I'll I'll definitely come down for sure. I mean, like I said, I drive an hour to work down there every day and i mean it's it's nothing for me to drive that no it ain't bad uh so kyle's got his stuff he wanted to say tyler any last thoughts brother not really man you know just i just love that what we're doing you know with full draw what you guys are doing i love the content you guys are uh, producing and the big bucks that are hitting the ground on your guys' side so it's a lot of fun on both end, on both ends and hopefully one day we can link up you know not just at the trade shows but hopefully you know we can get together here soon in the future maybe do some hunting yeah for sure man we're gonna do a, a public land challenge next year we're gonna head to ohio so we might have to look at some public land next to y'all and meet up for sure for sure just get a hold of us all right brother well i appreciate you guys i know this was a little weird podcast but it's kind of it's hard to do it when you're on the phone and i didn't know a whole lot about you guys that's just i wanted to get to know you guys better get you guys out there i know that you guys are doing good things you're doing it the right way and that's what it's all about yeah, we appreciate that, and thanks sure. for having us on, dude. It's been a pretty good talk, if you ask me, and uh, look forward to uh, linking up with you. Yep. Until next time, boys, I appreciate it, man. Y'all stay yes, safe. Sir. Yes, sir. We appreciate it. Take care. Hi, right, brother. Yep. See Bye. You.